And I remember at one point praying. I was like, Lord, if you want me, you're going to have to hold on to me because I'm slipping. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. And so I was just like, Lord, if you want me, please hold on to me. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I am here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. And we are also here as your last story of the summer before we go on a little vacation. (laughs) So we are very, very excited for you to hear this unbelievable story. And then know that for the next six weeks, you're going to hear really great repeats of some of our Mm, most listened to, some favorite stories, some Some older stories. (laughs) And so, but today we are bringing you Mandy Goodman from the Auburn Opelika gathering from their team. And she not only shares a powerful story, but you're also going to hear at the end, we sit with Ansley Hillier, who is their team leader, and she gives us even more Mm -hmm. into what happened behind the scenes of her story. Yeah. You know, I was just so thankful that Mandy was so vulnerable Mm -hmm. in telling her story of just the struggle she had after her brother passed away and Mm -hmm. just questioning God. I think a lot of times we think that we can't question God. Right. And so honestly, that's why I decided to do an audio devotion uh, this month on Patreon about that there are many biblical characters that questioned God and had trust issues with them. So we're going to dig into those characters and see what God's word says about it. He's not afraid of your questions. <laughs> I love that because I have a lot. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that, Katie. And as we conclude season five, y'all, this is the conclusion of season five. Mm-hmm. I can't oh. believe it. And as you listen to some of our favorite podcast from the the past five years over the next six weeks. We also want you to think about joining Patreon. And Patreon is just simply an online community that supports our ministry. So click right now. Don't wait. Stop what you're doing. (laughs) Click right now on those show notes and go and join. Just give us $5 a month. And we give you extra content in the form of the audio devotion that Katie just mentioned, and then bonus stories over the summer. And then a lot of times we do stories within the story. So you will really love it. And you will support a great cause. Also, we have great news. We are printing our second Bible study in the When God Shows Up series, (laughs) Discovering God in Stories of Freedom. If you are not signed up for our newsletter, go to our website right now, storytellerslive.org, and sign up today so that you can be the first to know when it, it is available to ship, which should be sometime in August. Yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to everyone seeing it and getting into God's Word. So here's Mandy. My name is Mandy. I'm married to Chris. We moved to Auburn probably about four years ago now for my husband's job, and we've got four kids. My oldest son is 10 now. Lucy's eight, Abby's seven, Molly's five. So I think I got all that right. (laughs) But just to give you a little history about me, um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are wonderful. They actually moved to Auburn about two years ago. And they're the kind of parents that you would love to live in the same town with just because they're great. And we were, my dad was military. So we grew up like moving around a lot. And, um, and I have two, I had two older siblings. Um, my sister, she's about eight years older than me. And then my brother was about five years older than me. And moving around, I, I'm actually really thankful for it now because I think when you pick up and move, like we just had each other and with my siblings being older and just kind of different stages of life, I think that just made us get a lot closer than maybe we naturally would have been. I just thought my older sister and brother were so cool, you know, cause they could do all the cool things before I could, they could drive, they could, and they were nice to me and they would like, let me 
hang out with them and take me places. And so I just grew up really kind of idolizing them. Life was just really good for me and my family. I mean, my parents love each other. We loved each other. My grandparents were believers. You know, a lot of just my immediate people were Christians and and things were good. And I don't think I really had ever been through anything difficult. You know, I think in college I got a C in chemistry too. And that was pretty devastating when I had to tell my dad that, you know, but I mean, other than that, you know, that was about the extent of it. And so there was, you know, kind of a point when you're like growing up where it's like, I've got these friends who are trying to pull me in this direction and asking me to come do these things. And, but I know my parents have have taught me this way. Right. And you're like, I'm at a decision point here, which way am I going to go? And I, I remember thinking like, my parents' life is really good and we are very blessed. And I very much attributed that to the fact that we were believers and we lived according to the Lord's, you know, word. And, and I just kind of remember deciding like, no, I, I think I'm going to stick with them, you know, because I want good, good for my life. I would never have said this. And I didn't know that, that I really thought this, I wasn't taught this, but I think that kind of just from me interpreting my life and our circumstances and things, it led to this functional belief of if you do good, you get good, you know, and, and things are always going to work out. You know, if you live according to God's word, like things are just going to work out. And so that's, like I said, I didn't know that I was starting to think that, or I wouldn't have said that that's what I thought, but clearly later I can, I definitely had some of that functional theology going on. Right. Anyway, get into college, really started growing in my faith, got real involved with campus outreach. My two best friends that we kind of all joined that ministry together and were discipled together. You know, the Lord had to like show me that I was a bad person, you know, because I was just kind of quote unquote good. I just remember in college is when I really started to see like, wow, I like, I need a savior. You know, he didn't just do it because, you know, I was a good person. He didn't just die for me because I was a good person. Like, no, I, I was his enemy when he died. Like, I I remember like doing a Bible study one time and I had been doing one for a while in my D group and I was spending time regularly in God's word. I was really starting to pray a lot. And I just remember I was like, I just keep seeing all this sin in my life. Like what? I thought I was supposed to be getting better, but I feel like I'm getting worse and I'm not really sure what's going on here. And like, I just remember my discipleship leader was like, no, Mandy, like you're seeing your sin and that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like it's always been there. You're just aware of it now. And, um, Christ really started to mean a lot more to me once you start seeing how sinful you are. Right. Like anyway. And so just really was growing in my relationship with the Lord and graduated college and I moved to Birmingham. I got my first job in Birmingham and my brother at the time, he was getting out of the Air Force and was going to be taking a job in the private sector. And him and his wife, Wendy, were moving to Birmingham. And I was like thrilled, like I was was so exciting that they were going to be moving there because I love my brother. And my husband and I, we were starting to date at that time because he was from Birmingham. And, you know, so that was always fun trying to date with your brother in the same town. (laughs) So... During that time, like Wendy and Jeff, my sister-in-law, Wendy and Jeff, my brother, found out they were pregnant. They were going to have their first baby. 
And we had an uncle who lived out in Colorado that we grew up, we would go out to see him for spring break and go skiing. And so they had scheduled like a ski trip. Wendy, I don't think was skiing because she was pregnant, but my brother was. And he was a snowboarder and he was the kind of guy, he was a daredevil. It was like the faster, the higher. And if you could add a twist in it, like even better, you know, like he was just going to go off every jump, going to try every trick. And y'all have to remember, this was like almost 15 years ago now. Like when, now when you go to ski slopes, like everybody's wearing helmets, Um, you know, like everybody. Then nobody really was. Like, I think I can remember seeing like one or two people wearing a helmet um, when I was learning to ski. And so it was like one of the last runs of the day and he had gone up just by himself and apparently had gone, tried to go off like a jump just wrecked, like really bad, wiped out. Um, Somebody actually found him unconscious on the slopes and didn't know like how long he had been there, what exactly happened. But um, so ski patrol gets him down, take him to the ER. And like, he couldn't really remember like where he was, um, what day it was. I mean, like it took a while. It eventually came back, but like right off the bat, like he couldn't tell you those things and so they did like a ct scan mri all that it it came back like he did have some like bleeding on the brain and but you know again back then y'all like concussions were not a thing 10 years ago like i know now like nfl you have all these concussion protocols i know i was like the manager on one of my kids team sports i had to watch like concussion training videos that that was not like the case like 10 years ago, like that stuff was just starting to come out. Like they were starting to link like multiple concussions over somebody's lifetime could lead to brain damage. So when they told us there was bleeding on the brain, it was kind of like, okay, well don't do any strenuous activity, you know, for the next six to eight weeks and you'll be fine. You know, follow up with your doctor in Birmingham, but you know, take it easy. You should be good. So, and, and really like he was like, he came back He went to work, you know, and things were fine really for, I mean, that was in April. And then I would say probably by about June, maybe even a little before that, he was just seemed like he was really starting to have a hard time, like, um, very anxious, very like just worrying about like everything. And, and that was not like my brother. Like he was just very happy guy, very extroverted, just great to be around. And he was a believer. Okay. Let me just, I know that without a doubt, you know, and like, he just kept thinking he was doing a terrible job at work. Like he was afraid he was going to get fired. They had moved. He just thought that the house that they bought, was like a horrible financial decision, you know, and, and all these things. And, um, again, at that time, it never occurred to us that maybe some of this was in any way related to, the head injury that he had had. And like, even before that, I remember in high school, he was a a goalie, a soccer goalie. And, um, he came out for a ball and collided with the other player and was knocked out for several minutes before he came back. And, and again, but that, this was all pre concussion stuff. So none of that ever crossed our mind that maybe what we're seeing in Jeff now could have been related to something else, you know, we chucked it up to, well, he just moved. He's having a career, cha- a big career change, and they just had their first baby. I mean, those are like some of the top five top stressors like a person can have. And it was all at one time. And, and we just, yeah, so that's kind of what we chucked it up to. And 
at no point did it ever cross my mind or anybody's mind that this may not work out, you know, like this could, he's not going to make it through this, you know, because he was doing everything like as you and a, a Christian would do. He was reading his Bible. He was meeting with his pastor. He was meeting with elders. He was, um, my parents were on the phone with him multiple times a day, praying for him. We, we, I was praying for him. Everybody was praying. I mean, he was reaching out. Like he was not withdrawing, like secluding himself. Like he was like, no, he knew something was wrong. You know, so again, it just at no point did it ever occur to me that he wasn't going to come out of this. And um, I remember even my mom, like, asking me one point, like, Mandy, like, do you ever think, like, Jeff would do anything? And I, I like, I laughed. I was like, Mom, come on, like, this is Jeff we're talking about. Like, he would never do anything like that. Well, end of September, September 25th of 2008, he committed suicide. And um, just nothing in my life up to that point could have prepared me for that. I've just never been in, through anything like that. or And I could not wrap my head around a Christian committing suicide, right? Like when I thought of people who commit suicide, I'm immediately like, okay, a drug addict, mental disorder, horrible family history. And like, he's like the complete opposite of all of that. And I was just like, what? But he was doing everything you're supposed to do. I'm like, what more was he supposed to do, Lord? Like, so I think like the initial shock kind of, you know, you just go into shock, right? You're like, is this real? Is this my life? And, but eventually, right, you like, you got to go back to work and you kind of life carries on. And so, I mean, right. So I just, I start carrying on and I started going back to church because that's what I'd always done. And it was the first time in my life, all of a sudden, like, God's word hurt. It was felt so abrasive. I know that, like, sometimes God's word can feel like nectar, right? Like sweet nectar or something. This felt like sulfur raining down because I was just like, wait a second, Lord. Like, you said... Your word says, like, you have, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, you know, like, or when you pass through the waters, like, I will be with you. They will not overwhelm you. When you go through the fire, you'll not be consumed. Like, and I was just like, Lord, he's gone. Like, he's gone. He, those waters crushed him. I'm trying to go to church. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, is anybody else having, like, a hard time? Is anybody else um, have any questions <laughs> about about some of this? And I don't know if you guys remember at that time, like, that song. And it is not a bad song. I really like the song. But it was very popular. And it was like, blessed be the name. It's like, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then they have that, like, refrain that's like, he gives and takes away. He gives and takes away. And I mean, I, people would be singing that and I'm just like, this should be like a freaking dirge, you know, not like we should be like wearing sackcloth and like throwing ashes, not why is everybody smiling when, when they're singing this song? Like, that's really hard, you know, and I'm not saying it's not true, but like, this is costing me something to say that clearly it had never really cost me very much to say that before I was desperate 
just trying to make sense of these circumstances, trying to make sense of God in these circumstances. And I mean, I was, I would like go for walks and I was just like, Lord, just if you're there, make that tree fall down. Like, please, like, I just need a sign that you're in this and that you're with me and, and I'm not going crazy and just make that tree fall down. The tree would never fall down, like not even a branch. And I was just like, dang it. So, you know, you just keep like trying. And so, you know, I'm going to church and I think I was just constantly waiting for things to get better, right? Like you're just like, okay, a couple more months and I'm going to be okay again. A couple more weeks and this won't feel like I'm drowning anymore. You know, like you're just waiting for that relief to come, that hope, you know? And then I think just slowly over time, like it just started to sink in like, yeah, this isn't getting better, you know? Like what's going to get better? Like he's he's not coming back. He's always going to have died the way he died. Like, and I think with that realization came a lot of just disillusionment a little bit and and that leading to just anger and like it's not what I wanted right like I wanted to believe I wanted the the Lord but it through these circumstances it just seemed like he didn't want me anymore or I don't know he didn't care enough so during this time my husband and I we brother died in September my husband and I were married by May poor guy just thought he was getting like this sweet little Christian girl and they were gonna go to church together and it was just gonna be so great and when I tell you like he had to bring me to church like kicking and screaming like I am not kidding like there just came a point where I was like I just can't do this anymore like at that time in my life I didn't have like the maturity to not be okay like I thought like no I'm a Christian I can't like be doubting God. I can't be angry with God. You know, like Christians, we got to grieve differently than the world. We got, we, we grieve with hope. I had convinced myself like, no, I, I've got to like do this. You know, I've got to be a Christian, you know, and, and well, I just, I couldn't anymore. And that came very apparent. Like I was like, I can't, I can't act like I'm okay. Cause I'm, I'm dying inside. Like, I don't know what is going on. And it, wasn't always well received, you know, at churches or in different circles. And like I said, my husband, one time, I, I was in PT school at the time. I must have been studying. And in, in our room, we had this, like, bookshelf full of books that, like, we had read in college. Like, all these, like, knowing God and the God you can know and desiring God and all these things. And I just got so angry and I started grabbing those books. I mean, I was throwing them as hard as I could at the window because it's like, what a bunch of crap. Like I read all those books and nothing could have prepared me for this. And, and where the heck are you Lord? Cause I'm here and I'm trying, but where are you? You know? And my husband like walks in and his like wife is like throwing books at the <laughs> window and he's like, uh, we're going to go to counseling now. <laughs> so so we did. Um, we had a um, friend in seminary down in Orlando at the time who was going to get his counseling degree. He was a friend from Campus Outreach. And so 
he like called my husband called him up and um drove us down there to Orlando and we had this like intense weekend of counseling basically and when we were sitting down to talk I one of the first things I said to him I was like because this was about two years in okay and I am like no better if anything I'm like way worse than when the event initially happened and I was just like I just can't seem to get over this. And I remember my counselor, his response was like, get over what? And I think what he meant by that was like, your brother committed suicide. Like, what are you going to, there's not going to come a day where I'm going to wake up and be like, my brother committed suicide and I'm totally fine with it. You know, like, no. And for him to say that was freedom, like, Thank you. Finally, like you just like literally took a burden off me. It gave me hope that okay, you don't have to be okay, and it gave me hope that maybe God doesn't expect me to be okay either. Maybe he's not even okay with it. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's I know he's sovereign, but he was sovereign when Eve bit the apple, right? And I don't doubt he was thrilled then, so maybe he's not thrilled here either, you know? Lord, thank you so much for counselors. Like, they are so great. Because the reason, like, I can articulate all this to you now is because I went through counseling, you know, because he gave me the tools. Like, at that point, I was just bleeding, oozing wound, you know, that would not heal. And counseling just really helped me, like, sort through it. Okay, you are just a ball of emotions. Let's start figuring out you... And I did. It was like I could finally start to articulate. But before this, I really couldn't. I just was angry and mad and sad. But when after I went to counseling, it was like, and it wasn't a one-time thing. This was like for years. I could finally start to say, no, Lord, it feels like you've abandoned me. It feels like you abandoned Jeff. And if he was, if Jeff was reading his Bible. He was praying. He was meeting with people. He was memorizing chapters out of the Bible. And this happened. Like, what confidence do I have? You know, how can I know that that you're gonna help me through this? You know, because he finally, um, being able to finally put words to things, like it, it just got real gritty. I remember one time driving down the interstate, well, this was so unsafe because, I mean, I am I think I quit listening to music at some point because it just, I didn't want to listen to music anymore. But when I was in the car, for some reason, that's where I did like a lot of processing because I think you're just not distracted. I couldn't like get my mind off of anything else. And so in the car, I would usually have meltdowns. I was driving down the interstate, probably going like, what, 75, 80 miles an hour sobbing. I mean, I was sobbing and it was, I was screaming. I screamed, where were you? God was probably like, I'm holding the steering wheel so you don't wreck, you know, but I mean, but that, it was like, well, finally we're getting somewhere. Finally, you're being honest, you know, and we're, we can start sorting through this mess. During, over that time, Chris and I started going to a different church and, um, just really found like a community of believers that were safe, you know, and were okay to like not be okay, you know, and um, we're okay to just 
struggle a little bit. And I remember when the first time we went to a life group, I don't know who it was or how it came up, but they, they, they just happened to mention that they were in counseling or had been to counseling. And y'all, before this had happened, like I, I had never thought you need, I didn't think Christians needed to go to counseling because I'm like, well, what do you need a counselor for? You have Jesus, right? I mean, it was really dumb. But so when this person said that they were like in counseling, I was like, you are? Me too. What are you going for? You know, like you're having marital problems. Great. I, I, anyway, just kidding. But you know, I was just, it was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. This is, this is good. You know, I need people who are struggling too, you know? And so through that, I mean, we're like five, six, seven years in now. I've finally, and you guys kind of over this time, like I just really not quit praying, but kind of, and it certainly looked a lot different. Like it was more like talking while God was in the room, not necessarily like just talking to him a whole lot, or if it was, it wasn't very nice. But again, like that's not what I wanted. Okay. Like I felt like God had changed on me. You know, I felt like he walked out on me and that wasn't what I wanted. All I wanted was for him to come back. But like I said, I would pray for signs. I would pray like anything, Lord, just give me anything. And I just felt like I never got anything. But I remember at one point praying, I was like, Lord, if you want me, you're going to have to hold on to me because I'm slipping. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. And so I was just like, Lord, if you want me, please hold on to me. So I started this Bible study. It's the first one I had done in a while. That's not true. I had tried another Bible study, but I would inevitably end up like in a teary, hysterical mess. And so it just wasn't working. So I kind of quit going to Bible studies. But anyway, I was trying this one and um, we, it was through Romans and so we finally get to Romans 8, which, y'all, if I had a nickel for every time somebody was like, well, you know, God works all things for the good, I was like, I know it. I know he does. Um, and he does. And I'm not saying that, but people would say that to me like, there you go. So it'll be okay. So you know it's going to be good. And I just had really come to not like that verse at all because it was, I mean, it was like pinpointing the very thing that. I was struggling with. It's like, no, I don't know that because it didn't hear. And so I don't know that it's going to. And I'm just literally hanging on a prayer that it'll work out this time. I don't know. Finally, we're studying Romans 8. Get to that verse. Like, you know, oh, God works all things for the good of those who love him. I'm like, okay, okay. And so I keep reading. And it's like, well, those he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. I was like, well okay, Christ suffered a lot and we're supposed to be conformed into his image. I don't know. So keep reading. And it's like, who can separate us from, from the love of Christ? You know, can, can famine, can nakedness, can danger, can sword. It's like, no. And all these things were more than conquerors. And it's like, um, no, I'm convinced that neither height nor depth nor death nor life nor things present or things to come or anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God. You guys, I was like, the words were leaping off the page because I knew the only reason I was still there reading that 
was because God held on to me. Picture Maria on top of the mountain, like, dancing, you know, like, sound of music. I mean, that was literally how I felt. I was just like, oh my gosh, you do love me. Like, yay. Because I wasn't sure for so long and nothing changed, right? Like, my circumstances were the same. I was still having to watch Wendy be a single mom. You know, I was still having to see my parents grieve their son, you know, like, knowing that... God was with us, and even though I didn't have all the answers, um, he was there, and he loved Jeff, you know, and death wasn't the end of the story, you know, it wasn't the end of my story, which I wasn't sure of for a long time, I was like, I didn't want it to be, but I didn't know what was gonna happen, but, and y'all, it was not the end of Jeff's, like, he is with his maker, now, you know, like he, and I want to say too, like, I don't think when Jeff got to heaven or however it works, I don't know, but that God was up there with his hand on his hip saying, boy, you really blew it there at the end, Jeff, you know, like, no, he is covered in Christ's blood and he was welcomed as a son. And that's everything, right? Like that's, God is so good and so thankful to know that he is there and he does love us and it's not our circumstances that dictate that to us you know but it doesn't mean that things are always going to be good or easy but that doesn't change who he is and praise god that is my story (laughs) you know there at the end i just love how mandy spoke about this beautiful picture of how God just met her through his word. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God's primary love language is scripture, but he speaks in other ways as well. But I I thought that it was so beautiful that he met her where she was. He wasn't afraid of her questions Mm -hmm. and he used a scripture that she, she was like, okay, yeah, I know that. I know that. (laughs) And then she got into it some more and just, she was like, oh my gosh, you do love me. You do love me. You know, I just want to encourage someone out there that if you are in a place of questioning, he's not afraid Mm -hmm. for you to ask, get into his word, but also, you know, he speaks through people. He Mm -hmm. speaks through promptings. He speaks (laughs) through pain. Um, He speaks through desires and dreams and doors. I learned all of that through a Bible (laughs) study uh, called Whisper by Mark Batterson, but he speaks in so many different ways. We just have to attune our ears to listen to him Mm -hmm. as well. And I I just love that visual of her crying out to him and him telling her exactly how much he loved her. Absolutely. And, you know, Mandy was honest with him because she just said, if, if you want me, you have to hold on to yes. me. And he is the great comforter. And if we will just cry out to him. And she also at the end reminded us that, hey, death is not the end of the story. That's right. You know, we have eternal life. You know, it's so cool too, that the Bible, I mean, you hear this, I think from when you were little, it's living and active, you yes. know, but it's true because you've read the same verse time and time and time again over your life. But all of a sudden one day it reads completely different and it looks completely different. And he speaks to you in that way. And so um, it's just such a good reminder, even of little things we've known, how he uses that along the way. And now I want (laughs) to actually bring in our special guest that y'all heard me talk about at the beginning of this episode, Ansley Hillier, who has been our team leader in the Auburn Opelika storytellers team for quite some time. <laughs> so Ansley, welcome. We're so glad you're joining in with us. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun. We just want to hear from you. 
you know, we've been trying about once a month to get our teams on this conversation to hear what happens live in a room with a live gathering. And so will you just give us a little bit of, of what God did in the room when Mandy shared her story or anything specific that stood out? Yeah. So to do that, I'll take it back. I don't know, probably six months or so. Mandy actually gave her story at um, a women's event at our church. It was just you know, a small event in a room. And I had been friends with Mandy for a while and never knew this about her. And when I heard it, I was just blown away. Like, oh my goodness, other people have to hear this story. It was, Mm -hmm. I just loved how raw and real she was. And um, I knew it. I was like, this has to go on storytellers. We have to get this to a bigger (laughs) audience. (laughs) Um, And so I asked Mandy if she would be willing to, and she said she would. I think that was the first time at our women's event she had told her story. And now again on storytellers and I just in the room that night, it it was, you know, it was sad and it was heavy and it was, it was emotional. And, um, and it's, you know, grief is just, it's ugly and it's not predictable. And so I think that is, that's what we felt. Um, but really at the end, just the hope that God had her the whole time, you know, that was the mm-hmm. most encouraging part. Somebody said in the, in the beginning or the end, one of the people in the room that God will um, make all sad things come untrue. I think that's from Tim Keller. And I just, oh, wow. that's just replayed through my head over and over. So. I love that. And I love how you said that when you first heard her story, that you had no idea that that she had walked through that. Mm -hmm. And that just brings up storytellers. It's the reason why storytellers was started Mm -hmm. was because we wanted to know what other women have walked through and, and recognize we're not alone because there I'm telling you right now, several people are going to hear Mandy's story and said, me too. Mm -hmm. I thought I was the only one. I Mm -hmm. thought, I thought it was bad that I questioned God, that Mm -hmm. I, that I was angry and mad at him because of something. So I'm so thankful that you spoke to her Ansley about getting her to share on storytellers. Oh, thank you. That was great. I'm so thankful for her and her bravery. I mean, I I think that we want to, I mean, I know me personally just want to have all of my, you know, emotions tied up in a bow and, and, but she was just so real. And, and I think so many people can relate to that, Mm. that it's, yeah. So I loved it. Yeah, that you know that's so true, and it's a good transition into the next question I have for you, which is y'all have y'all were our very first city to start storytellers outside of Birmingham, and so you've now y'all have been going for several years, and I would love to hear from you what God has done, you know, in talking about stories and talking about bravery and what we see from women over and over sharing. What has that looked like over several years' time, you know, and not just that night with Mandy? Yeah, so. The first time, and I tell this story when I introduce storytellers locally, the first time I heard of storytellers, I binged it and listened nonstop, (laughs) and I was driving to Birmingham for a work trip from Auburn and cried my eyes out. I don't know what story it was, but it was a hard one. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And so I was like, at some point, I wanted there to be an Auburn community. And it happened pretty soon after that. And I was like, oh man, somebody already did that. That's that's great. I'm glad it's going. And then fast forward a year or two. I mean, time is running together at this point. I don't know. <laughs> but um, somebody, I think Brooke reached out to me and said, one of our team members has left. Would you want to be a part? And I was like, absolutely. And so just over the years, it's been an adventure. Um, sometimes it feels 
you know, things come easy and sometimes they're not. And you think, okay, Lord, like, is this going to, you know, what's, what's next? I mean, I remember even for Mandy, we were struggling to kind of get our act together and find a story. And we said, okay, Lord, can you find a storyteller today? Like, do we keep going? Do we keep doing this? And he did like, (laughs) and it was so amazing. And it just gives you the encouragement to, you know, have, have more storytellers. Well, Ansley, I will say that you have done an incredible job leading that team. And Ansley is a whippersnapper. <laughs> uh, I like to say that about our uh, our top leaders. And uh, you've just done a great job leading your team and, and really just being faithful to pray for God's next step. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to encourage you because here's the thing. If, if you wouldn't have hung on, if your team wouldn't have hung on, Mandy's story wouldn't have gotten yeah. told to all of our listeners. And lives are being changed because of our community leaders like you. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And if hearing Ansley talk about having storytellers in her community and what God has done and you are, it's sparked your interest, or you think that maybe this might be for you, we would love for you to reach out. You can email us at info at storytellerslive.org and you have the summer to pray about it. You know, maybe it's for this fall, maybe it's next winter. We would love to talk to you more about starting storytellers in your community. And we also want you to know that this is our last story of the summer. We are going to take a six-week break that we all are very excited about. (laughs) And you are going to get to hear a little bit of everything from us. We're going to share some of our hidden gems, which Mm -hmm. is some of our really old stories from way back when we started that maybe you haven't heard before. We're going to air some listener favorites, a little bit of everything, and then some stories that are actually in our Bible study that comes out in August. And so we hope that you love listening this summer. And if you are looking for new content this summer, we actually are going to have bonus stories on Patreon. Katie is going to continue to do an audio devotion. And so we'll have a little bit of everything new on Patreon this summer. So if you already are a member, we are so thankful for your support. And if you are not a member and you hear us talking about it and you keep wondering what it is, this might be a great time to jump in and you'll see in the show notes right below on this podcast, how you can join, or you can check out our website at storytellerslive.org. So happy summer. We hope you enjoy your break and we will be back with you on August 17th. Have a great summer and we will talk to you soon. Bye.